YouTube. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Uh, looks like this game is going to be a little bit of a struggle. I'm sure Dallas fans didn't see this. You know, the Saints, uh, very good defensive team traditionally. And uh, not traditionally, really, they've been bad, actually. But the last few years, Mickey Loomis has done a good job uh, withstanding both of their offensive and defensive lines, keeping them intact even though they're way over the salary cap. Uh, this season's shot for them. But I'll say this. If anybody can do it, they can do it. We can see that in examples like, to, like tonight's game. I think Dallas eventually pull away. Uh, just don't quite have the offensive efficiency there to stay with Dallas in this particular game in the second half. A uh, lot of good games on this weekend, folks. We've got the college football conference championship games. I'll comment a little bit on that. Games to watch uh, in the NFL, particularly. We've got one coming up Monday. I can't wait. I mean, I don't normally like to stay up really late on non-show days, but I'm probably going to watch this one to the very end, that Buffalo game. I think it's going to be a uh, one-score game either way, but I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But first, how much is it for to get over on somebody? I mean, how much does it cost uh, for chef services? Antonio Brown, going back a few weeks ago, uh, well, going back to last year, okay, Antonio Brown, former uh, – Raider, former uh, Patriot, former Stiller, and now current uh, Tampa Bay Buck. There was a story out last year when he had some issues with this woman filing a lawsuit against him. Uh, a separate story that he has an issue about paying people for services. And uh, contractors, whatever, whether it be fish aquarium work, any kind of contract. And I've talked about that when this vaccine thing came out with the cards and everything. And apparently a chef that he owes money, several thousand dollars to a few thousand. Uh, he stiffed this person on food and everything and prep or whatever. And now this person has leaked to the league uh, that, that Brown had a fake vaccine card. And so I think it's like $10,000. I want to say, didn't have a lot of time to look up those numbers. But I did look this up before I started the program. He's losing three game checks. And he's not even going to appeal this. If anybody's not read the news, Tony Brown's been suspended for three games with Brian Edwards, I want to say, is another uh, safety there with the team of the uh, – yeah, yeah, Mike Edwards, excuse me, for having vague – fake vaccine cards, and that's what the NFL has found out about. And uh, I looked up that money. Brown is making about $2.9 million this year, which equate to $170,000 per game. Uh, so to, to, to get over on this chef, supposedly, allegedly, and I don't know why the guy would just come out and just randomly make this stuff up or randomly rat him out unless he had an axe or, or could be a female, an axe to grind. And now he is out $510,000.
go figure. And I understand COVID's serious and everything, but I could not help to laugh at this particular story, folks, because if you would have said, what's the odds of someone having a fake vaccine card in the NFL? What's the odds, Pickles, of someone having a fake vaccination card in the NFL before the season start? If we're talking summertime, who would be the favorite? If Adam Patman Jones was still in the league, a young Adam Jones, I would have said it was him because that's who he is. I mean, this guy's been doing shady stuff. and got in a lot of trouble, suspended for a whole season, uh, just a whole rap sheet. But Antonio Brown would have been up there in the fake vaccine card business. Uh, he would have been the odds-on favorite now that uh, Adam Jones is uh, essentially retired. Yeah, Terrell Owens, Pickle says Terrell Owens. Uh, Adam Jones, uh, Vontez Burfick, I think he was already suspended. I would have put him. Anybody from the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago, uh, anybody from the Raiders before Gruden got there, and maybe now even uh, maybe at Richie Incognito, those type of guys, fake vaccine cards. Uh, uh, Pickle said Albert Hainsworth. Uh, yes, fake vaccine card, that crowd, uh, there's a lot of guys that's been in trouble multiple times on and off the field. Those are the kind of guys that might want to uh, get checked out for the fake vaccine card. So not only did this Antonio Brown get in trouble for stiffing this shelf, now their safety is, is suspended too. And like I said, I think his name is Mike Edwards. Uh, he's not an all-pro or anything like that. But um, I just thought this was hilarious. I mean, you know, if there's any lesson, don't try to get over on people. Uh, I believe in tipping. Uh, I believe in paying for, for a meal, even if it was awful. Uh, just just do the right thing, man. You know, because that karma is always going to come back your way. You might, you might win the battle. But you won't win the war. And that's just the way I believe, man. But this is one of the funniest stories. I still think this team's going to be okay. He was going to be out two games anyways. Uh, he has not got fully healed up from his injury. He's going to be well-rested. Uh, the Bucks are playing really well, well right now. I think they're starting to hit their stride. They're getting healthy on defense. So I don't think from a team standpoint – uh, this is a uh, this is not going to kill their season or anything of that nature. They're pretty loaded at that position. Uh, I think he's going to be rested and, and they'll be ready to go. But this is this is Antonio Brown. This is who he is. And uh, but I, I'm sure that behind closed doors that the team is laughing their butt. Off. I mean that is so funny. Yeah, busted for a fake vaccine card. You can't make this stuff up. This guy's 33 years old, Pickles, and up there having fake vaccine cards, man. And and, and uh, people were asking, well, what about Aaron Rodgers? And I did a little bit of research on that. Aaron Rodgers essentially, and I had to go back and listen, but he essentially has, the, the league knew about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers knew about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he just lied to the media. You know, he, he lied to the media uh, saying I'm immunized and all that. 
and they never did ask him a follow-up question because they're always kissing his rear end. And that's what happened with Rodgers. If that were not the case, Rodgers, yes, if he had a fake vaccine card, lied to the league, uh, he would have been suspended uh, uh, two or three games too. So that was the story behind Aaron Rodgers, okay? All righty then. Other stories, games to watch. There is uh, some news here on the college football game. Uh, you know what? Let me get it. Let me get in this Notre Dame thing first, okay? Let, let me tell you what you don't want your. Well, first of all, if you're a, if you're a big college football fan, this is what you should never ever accept from your AD or anything. Uh, whoever's making the the decision making as far, as far as hiring your new coach, never accept this. Never accept this idea that we need to hire a coach because we don't want to miss out on a recruiting year. That is the most lamest, weakest excuse I've ever heard. Uh, you, you never want to do that. And, and when you're a team that's good like Notre Dame is, uh, they've had a lot of professionals come out. This guy, they've got one loss this year. Uh, Brian Kelly's had them in, in two play, uh, a playoff. They had them in a national championship game. They beat a national national champion. They beat Clemson last year. They lost in a playoff, but they did beat them in the regular season. Uh, they took uh, Georgia last year, I think, to a field goal game down in Georgia. So uh, they, are, they are a legit team. I mean, they're not LSU powerhouse, anything like that, but, but they're not just super overrated team that they were I don't know, 10, 12 years ago before he took place. But this AD here, Jack Schwabrick Pickles, said first big strike right there, and I said this Tuesday's program. You never, you it's a number two, you never want your AD to say we're not going to hire a search firm. That is being that is being so uh, complacent, narrow-minded type of thinking. Well, I know who's all good. I can just pick. No, you want to get every single possible coach to, that, that it is working, and whether it be in the NFL or in the college world, you want to know every single one, even if it's twenty-five, fifty thousand dollars. It's worth it. It's worth it because these contracts are in the millions and over $100 million. Uh, it's supposed to have been rumored that that uh, Lincoln Riley's got over $110 million, close to $100, over $100 with incentives for, for uh, Brian Kelly down, down in LSU, right? So, but this AD, the Tennessee did this, and they hired a clown, then they hired another clown, you know, that we're not going to hire a certain. That tells me that you're wanting to try to save money and be cheap on a coach, and that's your biggest asset. College football is a big billion-dollar business, okay? You know? So he says that, that strike one. Less than 48 hours later, this is one of the laziest moves I've ever heard, not even mentioning any other names. And everybody and their brother knows Luke Fickle, current Cincinnati coach, undefeated. They had one loss last year. 
should be the number one candidate. I don't care what, if you go past recruiting and all that crap, you got to reach out to him and give him his, offer him as much money as you possibly can. First of all, and it, this is with your search firm and in, in air quotes, is supposed to go out and find them, the one that you should hire. And I looked at this guy, he's older, he's old school. Man, if I'm a power to be there, I am really hot. Man, that is a fireball fence. So they don't go after the search firm. They don't even, you don't hear about nothing about Luke Fickle. This team has made a fortune because Kelly's having them in major bowl games, playoff, uh, you know, big games, bowl games, uh, uh, playoff appearances and all that stuff. Left your program in really good shape. So this Jack Schwabrick, is a guy I wouldn't hire for a dog catcher, this AD. So then he goes out and, and hires this 35-year-old assistant that is already in uh, Marcus Freeman, nothing against Marcus Freeman, uh, former college player, been there one year as a, uh, I think it's like a defensive coordinator or whatever. And they think this is going to work out. This guy, will. they say he's a decent recruiter. He's a decent recruiter or a good recruiter. They're going to be good probably next year, maybe the year after that. And then the middle of year two into year three, they're going to fall off the truck. They're going to go from one to two loss to zero losses to five losses to possibly not even getting in a bowl game. That's how far they're going to fall off. All because Jack Schwarick did not want to hire an athletic, a search firm, and he was pushed up against recruiting. So you wanted to buy this young guy out and go out and do this again, spend millions of dollars, just like I said. You think you're saving money now, but you're spending a lot later. Well, that's the same thing with Antonio Brown. He thought he was saving like $10,000 by stiffing this shelf but he's really out $490,000 for his three-game suspension for uh, doing the fake COVID cards. So this guy's going to save twenty-five dollars to $50,000 and pay a multi-million dollar buyout pickles. For this coach, is not going to work. You say, why? I said, because there's a history of this. That's why. You know, uh, each time, you know, for instance, this is just a pro game, okay? Chiefs, fire Todd Haley, 2010, in the middle of the season. And Romeo Cornell, they use him as interim coach. Romeo Cornell's already there. And Romeo Cornell, they beat a undefeated Green Bay team, a team that eventually went 15-1 and that year. Now, they got put out in the playoffs. So the Chiefs, Hire Romeo Cornell. He does such a good job because he beat Green Bay in the middle of the season. Well, they fired him the next year. They bought his contract out. They signed him a big contract and fired him next year. You know, everybody thought Toby Smith. You know, I, I like Toby Smith, too. He was an assistant under Rick Pitino. Uh, took over Pitino's team in 97. Won a national championship in 98. Never got back. Never got back. I never won anything after that. Let him go. That's one where you could sign to say it did work out. 
But uh, in college, even Larry Coker, remember Larry Coker, guys, for Butch Davis? You know, Larry Coker for Butch Davis. Uh, takes over. They went. They win a championship on Davis's players. And then they start to fall apart slowly and slowly and slowly. And so, before you know it, they've been down for 15 years. You know, when, when you just start hiring in how, uh, uh, the Titans here, they hired their offensive line coach two years. Uh, hired, fired Jeff Fisher in 2010, hired their offensive line coach. Uh, two years later, fired. Yeah, Larry Coker was fired. Uh, he, he won a championship. The, here, here, this is how this works. They'll win early. They'll, the, the assistant will win. Early. It's like taking over a big company. The assistant will win early. And once that culture leaves and things start to go off the hill. I mean, they start to fall down and fall down and fall down. And before you know it, um, North Turner, remember that? Marty Schottenheimer, very hardcore disciplinary 14 and 2 Charger team in 2006. They didn't win the divisional round. They got put out by the Patriots because the criticism was he was too conservative, which he was. And instead of going out and getting a well known head coach, the Chargers hire Norv Turner. And we know how that ended. They had a decent offense the first year, and then after that, it was, uh, of course, they never got back deep in the playoffs, but they just went worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, the hiring the in-house assistant never, you know, it works in, in business, but it, I, I can't see, even Ron Day, you know, he's got two losses on his record, and he was an assistant under um, under Urban Meyer, and now you're starting to see a team getting blown off the ball. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like I said, they do good early with the other with the other coaches, players, they'll do well. But you'll see things start to erode and go downhill. But yeah, Coker was fired. Uh, you know, it's just I don't know what these guys were thinking. That was a very lazy, I mean lazy hire. By that general manager. Yeah, Todd Haley was a mess. Uh, but then they hired Cornell, and then Cornell was like, man, do a search. And people were trying to push USC before they hired Todd. I can't, I think it was Lane Kiffin when they fired Lane Kiffin and put Ed Orgeron in there. And Orgeron already got fired from Ole Miss. And USC said, no, we're not going to do that. Orgeron goes to LSU, you know, he does it all on recruit. But this guy is not a very good X's and O coach. You know, a lot of these guys talk a big game, but it really comes down to it. You can tell who's a good coach and who is not over time. You know, Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips. Want to go the opposite and go, go with Wade Phillips. They look good the first year. 
because you still have that hand of Barcells. You put that Josh McDaniels in the Patriots, look pretty good the first year. And then that Bill Belichick hand starts to fall off, that culture starts to fall down, and then you'll see what kind of clown he is as a head coach. So bad hire, bad, bad move by the Notre Dame. If you're a Notre Dame fan, uh, this guy needs to retire or, or gets canned himself, if you ask me. So, anywho, so that is what it is. So I wanted to get that off my chest here. Um, speaking of college, we, we, we've got playoff scenarios coming up this week. I do think... That, that I think Georgia's going to win. I think they're going to beat Alabama. I think they're going to get over the uh, the hump there. I don't think I, they now if they lose, they can still make the playoff because they've been so dominant. But I think this Georgia team, this is a different breed. This is a this is a dominant team. This team is allowed six point nine points a game, basically a touchdown a game, going against some really good offenses here. Historically good defense is going to get a lot of guys drafted on that defensive side of the ball. I do think that they're going to beat uh, Alabama. Alabama's not going to make the playoff. And, um, you know, another guy that's really due to turn things around that really needed a good year was uh, is the coach over there, Oklahoma State. Now, I think that they're going to win this week, but it's not going to be easy. I'm trying to figure out who they play. Baylor. They're, they're six-point favorites They're uh, against Baylor. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to end up sliding into that playoff. Michigan. Now, Michigan. Um, now, Michigan. Uh, the, I'll tell you what could happen, guys. And I'll touch that real quick here in a minute, Brian. But Michigan could be so excited about beating um, Ohio State first time in eight years that they could possibly, possibly be flat against Iowa and lose. Uh, What's the precedent there is 2001, 20 years ago. (laughs) Man, time flies, Pickles. 20 years ago, December 2000. uh, I was living in New York City and University of Tennessee, first time ever, Goes down to the swamp, 17-point underdogs, plays their butt off. They beat Florida. I'm excited, high-fiving friends at work on cloud nine. Very next week, SEC championship game, they lose to LSU. I was so devastated. It knocked Tennessee out of the championship game. Probably would have got mopped anyways by that great hurricane team that Butch Davis built that Coker held on for a few years. And and then they went downhill. But this could happen to Michigan. I don't think it will. I think Harbaugh's going to have them ready, the defense, the running game. I think it's going to be close. But I think Michigan's going to win it, and they're going to end up getting in this playoff. So you're going to have Georgia. Uh, and I think Cincinnati will beat Houston. That's going to be a tough game. None of these are guarantees, except, I mean, I'm pretty confident Georgia's going to beat Alabama, but who knows? It's Alabama, right? Maybe Kirby Smart, he's scared of the old the old mentor there, Nick Saban. Uh, but as far as Oklahoma and uh, Ridley, uh, uh, 
Lincoln Riley. Riley, Brian, if you get a chance to watch a program the other day, he's running from the SEC. Uh, he, he, he's wanting to new, do a new thing there. Uh, the Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Could be 2025. Could be sooner. Uh, he is, I think he's one in three counting bowl games against the SEC. And he didn't want to go through that gauntlet. So my, and they're 55th, I want to say, in total defense in the country. And you got to have an interior defensive line uh, built up the way he sees it. Probably get some more players in USC. Won't have to go through the SEC gauntlet. I still think, I don't think that gamble's going to work out. Because I, my thing is, it, and more often than not, if you're battle tested in SEC, once you get in the playoff and get in the championship round, you're going to sell and win because you're already battle-tested. Your players are battle-tested. So I don't think it's going to work out. I think he's going to put some first-round picks. He's going to get another Heisman Trump. Same stuff he did in Oklahoma. It's not a player thing. It's not a player thing. And I could be wrong here. But if you want to get away and not have to deal with the SEC, my point on Tuesday's program was, Lincoln Riley, why don't you just wait another year? The Rams could come open. The Chargers could come open. Seattle may come open this year. You could take one of those games. Uh, work with Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, look what Cliff Kingsbury did with your player. Kyler Murray took him and, and, and used your system, a similar system to what he does. And, you know, get you a good GM that knows defense. Get you a good defensive guy. A lot easier to build defense in NFL than his college. You can just draft the players. You don't have to recruit them. So, you know. That's what I would have recommended for Riley to do. The guy's 38 years old. He's younger than me. Uh, if it didn't work out, he'll go back to college and get a job. They'll be waiting on him. They would be waiting on him. But he didn't do that. And, you know, Iowa, going back to that, Ryan says something about Iowa. Um, you know, we'll see. But I do think that Iowa, they're very well coached. Uh, my friends, good running game. Uh, Michigan's going to have to have it together. That game's going to be close, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, Murray's supposed to be back with Hopkins. They're practicing lightly this week. So uh, those are my thoughts on the college game there, guys. What games to watch in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you what. Tua... Tagovailoa is he's surging right now, you know. There's, there's there's a lot of talk about the Patriots running off with everything. I mean, you know, the, your your national media folks, your your get ups of the world, your Mike Greenbirds of the world. Um, uh, you know, I, I just think that that people think the Patriots are going to just run off at everything. And I'm looking at their schedule. They still got to play at Miami. And Miami beat them in week one. I know it was week one. But I think that Tua has had a completion percentage close to 90%. They've already beat Baltimore. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're chasing the 6-5 and five Charger team. They're 5-7. and seven. They got the Giants at home this week. Giants may not have their starting quarterback. 
And, you know, they're going to give the Patriots all they can handle. You know, uh, I think they've kind of found a happy medium with him. So they're a team to keep an eye on down the stretch here. Uh, I'll say that because the biggest game of the week is is in Buffalo, New York. It's going to be on Monday night. You know, let me let me change this out real quick, guys. Hold on for a second. So yeah, Buffalo. They're at home. They're two and a half point favorites uh, over this Patriot team on Monday night. Buffalo played last Thursday, a week from the day, guys. They're getting the extra day off, and they're playing on Monday night. The Patriots have not had their bye week yet. The Patriots played a very fit, although tired, banged up, uh, but their culture is very strong, a very physical Tennessee Titan team, and now they're going on the road against Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo's lost their best corner, Tredavious White, but, you know, Mac Jones is still a 22-year-old rookie quarterback going against a potential MVP candidate. So I think that this is going to be a huge game. The winner of this particular game with the remaining schedule will probably win this division. I think Buffalo, they're favored, and rightfully so. I think they're going to win this division. I think people are getting a little bit premature on the Patriots. Uh Tennessee could have could have beat the Patriots. I know the the score, the box score don't bury that. A lot of fluke turnovers there, uh, bouncing off guys' hands. I'll talk about this on Monday, uh, Tuesday's program. This is just one of those deals where they caught them at the right time and they took advantage. Now if Buffalo goes in there and and and, and uh, gets away from running the ball at all completely and throwing short passes and and and. and Josh Allen tries to play hero ball and, and exploit that man coverage and wants to throw every down and audible every down, then I can see that um, I could see them losing that football game. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a really hyped game. I think I think it's going to be a very close game. But I think if you're talking about Josh Allen right now at his at, at this point of his career versus Mac Jones, I think that Buffalo's going to get the edge and and it's going to put them ahead. See, for instance, look, I'm going to go over their schedule real quick. Buffalo, uh, they have to play, obviously, like I said, hold on. They're playing against the Patriots. I think they win this on Monday night. Then they got a short week at Tampa. I think Tampa will probably win that one. But then after that, uh, so if they beat the Patriots, which I expect them to be, uh, they will be even in the win-loss column with the Patriots, but they'll hold the tiebreaker. But I expect them to lose this Tampa game after this. Then they got Carolina at home. Then they play at New England. But then they end the season, two home games, one against Atlanta, a fading Atlanta team, and then the other one against the Jets. So even if they lose the next two games, one against at New England and against Tampa, but look who New England's got to play. They got their bye week, but they got to play at Indianapolis. Then they got to play at Miami. So this could come down to Tyler. Of course, the other games against Jacksonville. So you look at the two losses there. 
and you're, you're talking splitting and they're looking into divisions. Miami could beat them. My thing is Miami will, could and possibly will beat this Patriot team. Now, if the Patriots win at Buffalo, all bets are off. It's going to be exciting. I think Buffalo is going to edge them out. But it's going to be a, a very exciting uh, games and last four games, uh, last five games to follow this season. It's going to be one of the most interesting races, divisional race. This with the uh, Tennessee and and the uh, uh, Colts race in the AFC South. Uh, the Colts are going to be at home. That's the thing. The Colts will be at home against New England that game. So the England's next three games are Buffalo by week at Indy and then Buffalo at home. Uh, if you're in Indianapolis and you're playing the Patriots at home, I'm, if I'm remember, Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Remember, he was that offensive coordinator for that Patriot team to beat them. If I'm Frank Wright, I'm just telling Carson Wentz, don't lose this game. We're going to run the ball. We're going to throw the ball short. We're going to make this young kid drive the ball and see how good they can run the ball because we're not going to make those mistakes. Now, the way Carson Wentz has played the last few weeks, uh, he is out to make those big mistakes, you know. So they could potentially lose that game even after a bye week. You know, Belichick after a bye week is pretty good. But listen, guys, this is on the road. Those on-the-road games for Mac Jones are very close. Uh, we had a two-point game against Houston, even though their whole offensive line was out. Uh, it was a, it was a very close game against the L.A. Charger games. That game was very competitive late. Uh, they got to play at Miami down the stretch. So I'm not ready to put the Patriots – I'm not ready to crown them like, um, like my man from, uh, from Arizona said – uh, I forgot his name now. I can see his face. Dennis Green said, the former coach of the Arizona Cardinals, talking about the Chicago Bears back in 2006. If you're ready to crown the rear end, crown the rear end. You know, we are who they thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Um, you know, it was really funny. He was talking about the Chicago Bears that year, but the truth of the matter is, Coach Green, Looking back on that, that Bear team didn't make it to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Colts that year, but they did make it to the Super Bowl that year. But uh, you know, if the Patriots pull this off, you know, if they can, if they can sweep Buffalo, uh, even if they did lose to Indy and Miami, uh, they they they're going to win the division. It would be amazing to to beat an MVP candidate and a team that went to the AFC Championship game prior to that. Now, if you look at the run defense, sometimes it has a tendency to play bad. Um, the, the Buffalo Bills, and other times it could be top notch. It could be one of the best run defenses in the league. If, if they find a way to exploit that, they being the Patriots, then then all bets are off. But uh, I, you know, I'm confident in, in my picks, and that is going to be a great game. Speaking of great games, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Uh, Pittsburgh totally blown out last week, uh, 41 to 10. I was reading this off of SteelersNow.com. That was the tied for the worst loss of the Mike Tomlin era for the um, 
Pittsburgh Steelers, they just don't match up with those receivers for for Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, maybe that was just a bad game, bad game plan against Cleveland. I don't know, but I will say this. Uh, they won't have T.J. Watt back, but they still got Devin, Mish, uh, Devin Bush, Cameron Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick. I think it's going to be, and they're playing at home against Baltimore. I think it's going to be a very close one-score game. Possibly the Steelers pull this one off. Uh, now, remember Baltimore, even though Baltimore won last week, guys, I've been saying they've been reeling. They seem to lose another offensive lineman each day. Uh, uh, before the you know each week before the game starts, you know the uh, this this Raven team, and, and, and remember, um, as bad as Roethlisberger is, if um, oh man, what's it? Lamar Jackson throws an interception and multiple interceptions like he did against Cleveland, as bad as Roethlisberger is, they're going to take advantage of it. And I think they will because they simply match up. They swept this team last year, and it will be close. It will be a fun game, but I do think the Steelers do knock out Baltimore. They're five five and one. I think it's going to make them six five and one. So it, it, the way these games are, and of course, if Baltimore l- uh, wins, then it knocks down um, the Steelers an, another mark, and it makes this five and seven, which I think they're going to be. Six and seven after this week, this Tua-led Miami team, which defense is playing really sharp right now. Uh, Waddle's playing really well as a rookie there. And and the chemistry there, they finally found a good package for him. They're going to be in the hunt. You know, they got down to seven games, seven losses. And like you all, I completely rolled off Miami, but Miami's pretty hot right now. And you really can't pencil in Denver. You can't really pencil in this Charger team who has a problem, which lost last week. I said they would. They have a problem stopping the run. Well, the the, the weather's changing right now. You're going to be able to run the ball on this Charger team. So that game's going to be big. Uh, Keep an eye out for Miami. They're going to be interested. But anyways... Try to see if I had any more notes here, guys. But yeah, yeah, and you know, like I said about Jim Harbaugh, uh, he he just made some good moves. He, he could possibly going back to that awful hire, that in-house hire by Notre Dame, which I predict to be over with in about less than three years. Uh, same situation with Ryan Day. This could be a situation where he just kind of hung on a little. Uh, He's he's done a good job hanging on the players. Could possibly this be a turning point between Michigan and Ohio State? We're going to find out in recruiting. Going back to that, uh, where where possibly Jim Harbaugh can turn this thing around. That's a little premature. Just one win, but it's something to watch since we've got some of the early uh, signing day coming up or commitments and everything signing period here in the next few weeks. So. That's a southern situation I'm going to monitor as well and see how that plays out. So as far as tonight, again, I think Dallas is going to um, – Tomlin said there should be. I think you can lay three years at Ben's feet. Yeah. Uh, and, again, you know, Pittsburgh, there's been rumored that, that uh, they 
it's not really a rumor. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has kind of made some comments that he would like to play for Tomlin and the Steelers on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, today's his birthday. He's 38 years old. I made this, you know, he's 38 and you're paying him $38 million. Now, he's played pretty well considering he's got that toe issue and everything that's happened with Rodgers. And he blew off training camp. Should this team go out and get him? And maybe pick up a few offensive linemen. If it's me, if it's me, if I want to go to Pittsburgh and their defense and their everything, uh, I'll probably tell them, hey, make sure you give me the best offensive lineman you can get to add with this offensive line, even if you have to adjust my salary to make that happen. If he's all about winning for another year or two, maybe work out something of that nature. Uh but we'll see. I mean, other than that, maybe they go after Russell Wilson. Maybe they go after Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody like that. Somebody else that may be on the trading block. Uh, at Harbaugh, I don't know. I don't know if Harbaugh, uh, you know, Pickle says well, Harbaugh could end up in Seattle. Jim Harbaugh, maybe he, maybe he just wanted to get it out of his system. I want to beat Ohio State. I'm tired of all these transfer rules. Uh you know, I, I, I came here, we beat Ohio State, we beat Penn State, we beat Wisconsin, we should have beat Michigan. We're going to get into the playoff possibly if we beat Iowa. I, my work here is done. Uh, I laid a good foundation. Now I'm going to go back to the NFL and try to win a Super Bowl. Possibly. Possibly, Pickles. Uh, and, and it says possibly go up to Seattle. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he really likes the college game. He seemed really motivated this year. It looks like he's lost 15 or 20 pounds. He's made a lot of adjustments. Get out on top. It took long enough. Yeah, that's true, Brian. I thought he was done. So, all right, guys, that's all I got tonight. Got a lot of traffic issues, but it's all good. Got on here. And I always feel good after talking to you all about the upcoming sports weekend. If you like the show, share the show. Uh, again, I will be uh, on Mac and Jack's big uh, sports show that's this week in sports uh, on the Northeast Streaming uh, Sports Network, which is on YouTube uh, or Facebook, uh, and, I, and I'll share it on my social media links as well. I need to put it out, start putting it back on Twitter. I'm not doing that consistently every week, Brian. I come on there about 7.30 a.m. Central Time for about 30 minutes. We'll talk about some of this stuff and everything else, guys. We'll get back to watching uh, Dallas and uh, New Orleans. And if you want to contribute to the show, go, uh, you can use the Z-E-L-L-E app. And my email is the word sports, the word scope with another S with the K at gmail.com. Have a good night, everybody. See you otherwise Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope. You too, Brian. See you guys. Thank you, podcast.